the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome to Black and Right on AM560. We're doing something a little different today. We're on Facebook Live. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is off today. So I'm very excited to be joined. I told you guys I had a secret uh, guest co-host, my good friend, my good buddy, Ken Duncan. Ken, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Uh, We also have in the the studio with us another good guy who always calls in and always gives Charles uh, 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 a huge problem, Verlon Galloway. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I, I'm really excited about the show today. Uh, I'm really, t- um, as you guys know, one of the things that I love to talk about is politics. So that's what we're going to do today. We and and what's what's all in the news today? Impeachment. And you know, um, I'm really excited. This is going to be something. Hey, if you're not following us at Black and Right, go over there, at Black and Right, and follow us right now. So you can watch this live stream of the show. So, Ken, go ahead and tell the people what's up. Hey, hey, John Anthony and Charles in his absentia. Uh, first off, it's great, great to be here. Great to be alive here in the, in, uh, uh, the good old U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no other place in the world that any one of us, certainly myself, would want to be. I think um, throughout the highs and the lows in this life, America still is first class on multiple levels. It is a place where... People fight to come here, wish they were born here, and don't want to leave. So uh, I'm happy. You know, I'm still married. And, you know, as, as we do as black men, we try to make a living, right? Still sharp as a tag. <laughs> still sharp as a tag, too. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So ha- very happy to be here, John. Very proud of you for having your show and for uh, thinking of me to come on here. I don't know what, what additional value that I can add to you and Charles's dynamic, but um, in Vernell, you know, so... so I'm grateful. Well, thanks for having me. Ver- Verlon, why don't you go ahead and tell the people who you are and, and uh, give us, who is Verlon? How's it going, everybody? I'm pretty sure over the years people used to hearing this raspy voice. You know, I call in and I give people a hard time. I'm a firebrand conservative. You know, I'm for the right to life. You know, I love the Constitution, you know, and I'm, I'm just uh, for traditional values. And, um, you know, I'm, I hate what these... Democrats are doing, these socialist communists, you know, they, they want to destroy this country and its founding because they hate the way this country was founded. But I love this country, and I'm just here to give them hell, pure. I love to hear that. And Ken, Ken you said something very important. Um, you said America, with, even with all its flaws, basically, America is still the greatest country. Charles and I dealt with that last week on the, on the subject of immigration. We had people who are here who are immigrants now talking about why they think America is great. Why is America great, Ken? Well, what America, makes it great? You know, America is great for a number of reasons. One, we, we helped build this country uh, as black folk. I think and, Donald Trump just said that, right? Oh, uh, you know, I didn't hear him say that, but he's absolutely correct in his history. 
uh, disposition. Uh, we played a major role in the infrastructure here in this country, in the skilled trades in this country, in the invention, in the innovation, in the cultural uh, buoyancy, in the uh, spiritual enlightenment with the blood, sweat, and tears of our ancestors. Uh, America, it's, it's as American as, as, as apple pie. You just can't look at this country being what it is without the impact and influence of black folk. That's why I love this country. And we run across bumps and lumps in our family and our lifestyle uh, at home with our kids, you know, coming up in our neighborhoods at the job situation. It's a part of life. But it still does not negate the fact of the intrinsic value that this country offers us and what we can aspire towards every single day. Amen. Brian, same questions. Well, I know this country's great. But my thing is, the progressives, the liberals, they want to knock us down a peg. They hate that we're, all three of us here, we're alpha males. They don't like that. They're pacifists by nature. Uh You know, uh, Obama got this great quote, leading from behind. That's what they want. They want the rest of the world to lead and we follow. And I'm just not going to follow that. And, you know, that's my ideology and... That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to do the things you want. You guys are are, are professionals. You know, sometimes you got to say the right things. Now, I'm that guy to get into the <laughs> trenches. You know, I'm that guy. I'm going to get down and dirty with them. I love it. You I must not have followed Kid Duncan. Man, listen, much. Right? <laughs> you, you clearly don't know who you're sitting next to, brother. I'm not the politically correct. I am uh, sitting here because, really, of those principles that you pointed out, we can all grow and learn on multiple levels as consistently as we possibly can. And getting and writing the ship. If you look at prison reform, it finally got done, at least a first step, by this current administration. Mm. Now, should we be upset that criminal justice reform is at its first step and we're righting the wrongs of this? It was a discriminatory system, very imbalanced, based off of the sentencing. Certain people, us, mm-hmm. when it came to certain crimes, certain issues. But to recognize that and to start writing the ship, that's value add. Yeah. All right. So we identify problems. Again, America is, is flawed like any other place in the world. As humans, we're flawed. But to recognize those flaws and then tr- try to add value to it and move in the right direction and not that of some socialism, because most I would say 90 plus percent of folk who, are, who live in socialist countries or communist countries, guess where they're trying to come to? America. Why is that? Because we're great. We're the best. This is the best. This is the best place to be. Our dollar is the best dollar. Our economy is the best economy. Of course, they want to come here. Well, what's wrong with uh, government taking over, uh, owning all of your homes and your businesses, and and rationing clothing and food with you? <laughs> You're talking about a, a manufacturing renaissance. One of the tenets of, of the Democrat Party. That's, that's, that's a government takeover. I mean, that's communism. It's so, like China. All right. But let, let's hold off China. I got something. Oh, yeah. I got some, oh, I got oh okay. Oh, well, we got something for China. You're not going to have enough time. We're going to have enough time. You're not going to have enough time. But see, that, that's, that's, what's, that's what's. See, this is why I believe America is great. We have three black men. Well, I'm black ish, as Charles like to point out. I'm ish. But we have three black men who are sitting here, standing here right now on a radio show broadcasting to as many people as we're, we're, we're on Facebook live. So we have the potential to broadcast to millions. Sure. But here we are. This is, this is why America is great. We shouldn't be here. At least that's what we've, we've been told, you know, that we shouldn't be here. And Ken, that, that, and then that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on 
because I've always thought you had a different and unique perspective about politics, specifically in the state of Illinois. But but I, I personally, I think your your political range goes beyond just the state of Illinois. It, it can reach this nation. Uh, I remember you as a as I'm about to I'm about to date Ken but, Ken oh, Duncan right now. Good, <laughs> but still, I remember you. I remember <laughs> being uh, watching you on the news talking because I'm from the, the the Democrat machine. I was born and raised South Cabrini Green first South, South side of Chicago, and I remember seeing your face on the news and my and talking to my stepfather Sylvester Welch. I said, "That's what I want to do." Ah, come on now. <laughs> And then, when, and then to see your face, to see you out there doing this, Ken, you, you've, you've had a great body of work. You and I, we've had our differences sure. if, when, we were in the, when we served Absolutely. together in the, in the in General Assembly. But as soon as I came to the General Assembly, you immediately said, come on, I got you. You're going to make That's it right. down here. And we did a lot of good things together. Absolutely. You know, first off, thanks for, for recognizing uh, that experience because I recall when you first came on the scene, mm-hmm. as green as you were, uh, and on the other side of uh, our body politics at the time, and you had a number of members who did not want to see oh. your presence in the Black Caucus. I know. You remember that like oh, it was I yesterday. Remember. I, I cannot believe I the, sting. the level of angst, unnecessary angst. They didn't even know you. Yeah. Didn't know where you were from and didn't want to know you. But it was just sort of this, this partisan politic from coming from us. Yes. See, the, the value that we can bring is our diversity. Yes. Is, is our different set of goggles of looking at certain issues in the state, you know, as, as lawmakers mm-hmm. and, and coming at it with maybe a new and different approach, fresh approach, yes, or maybe taking something differently uh, away from legislation, et cetera. So I looked at you for a person who's going to bring some plus positive yes. to the conversation. Yes. As I do everybody, I don't discount anyone irrespective of what your station in life is, because if you're on the side of the road, and your cars broke down in the, the middle of the night, and it's freezing, you know, 15 below, whatever, you don't care what someone's position in life is, or if it's a Mercedes picking you up, or if it's a, a old 1948 hoopty of whatever, whatever land. You are looking for the, 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 the reach. You just want that warm, and, and, and that warm heat if it's cold outside. Yes, sir. <laughs> or the race of that person. It's ha- it has happened to me. Oh. I've been broke down, and guess what? And I've said this on that uh, the show that comes on. Uh, what's the name of this show? It's called uh, Red Eye. Red Eye Radio. They come on at midnight. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a, a, a it on guy. 560 AM? No, I don't believe so. Right. Uh, I believe it's on the other station. You're cheating on the station, man. Okay. <laughs> but, but they pulled on. They hey, pulled this is black on. and right. But, but you know, uh, I, broke, I, I broke down. It was a father and his son. They had a Confederate flag plan. They helped me fix my truck, got me on the way. Come on. Wow. Yes, they did. did you hear love that? Love is love. Did you hear that? Is that something? That, so, that, that is amazing. That's what makes America great. Coming up next, Ken Verline and I will be joined by one of the Republican candidates for the 6th Congressional District, Jeannie Ives, to discuss her run, impeachment, and a whole lot more. You're listening to Black and Right on Facebook Live. This is Black and Right on AM560 with Charles Love and John Anthony. Oh, don't hurt him, Ken. Don't hurt him. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer, Facebook Live. Ken, Verlon, and I are pleased to be joined by one of the Republican candidates for Congress in Illinois, uh, somebody that you and I serve with, Ken, Jeannie Ives. Jeannie, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great to hear from you, John. Yes, you, 
you you know Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie. <laughs> right. What's up, Jeannie? Ken Duncan here. Hey. What's yeah, up? Yeah, how you doing, Ken? Fantastic. Good to, see you. Good to hear from you. Likewise. Verlon? How you doing, Jeannie? I'm good. Actually, yeah, I'm going to Springfield, believe it or not. Oh, boy. Going wow. to a, a wedding down there for I, uh, Wayne and Nicole. Oh, that's right. That is today. I thought you wanted to go away from from Springfield. I thought you were doing something else and not going to Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so, know. <laughs> so we, 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 I wanted you on the show because I wanted to talk about uh, what's happening uh, with this impeachment. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on, on how. What do you think about it? What, what are your thoughts and feelings about what's happening to the president of the United States of America and this, on all of this impeachment talk? Well, look, honestly, ever since Trump was elected, there's been a push by the media, by the political elite on the Democrat side, by the celebrity class, by uh, all the Democrats, really, especially those that were newly elected, to just basically try in any way possible to attack Trump and to nullify the election results of 2016, they still can't believe that they actually lost. And um, they thought they were going to put in all sorts of their big government ideas on the backs of American taxpayers, and they're just so dismayed that this guy is is such a disruptor. And that they also are dismayed that, you know, uh, for the two years that you did have Republicans in control, that they were absolutely able to transform the economy and get something going. Uh, The tax cuts made a huge difference to corporations. Corporations employ people. People that are employed earn money. When they earn money, they are able to pay taxes. So, uh, and you're they're they're able to support their families. And they, the Democrats, are having none of it. Um, And so they're trying any way possible to take him out of office. When the Mueller collusion fell apart, the Mueller investigation, which proved there was no collusion, fell apart. It was what else can we find on uh, Trump uh, to impeach him with? And and I honestly do believe, and you guys both were in Springfield, you understand this. Yeah. There is a bureaucratic state that tries to run things and uh, tells whoever's in charge um, that they don't know what they're doing. And I think it's the same thing. There is a swamp in D.C. Yeah. Uh, Trump went to drain it. And most politicians go there and figure out it's a hot tub, and they just jump right in. I, I think Ken understands that swamp a little bit better than we oh, do, though. I, I lived it, and then some. So, Jenny, but let me try to get some clarification from your perspective. What is it that pushed Nancy Pelosi to the impeachment direction, given that she was she was being realistic about it going nowhere, which it is not going anywhere? But what do you think was the tipping point for her to get started with this farce? Well, look, Ken, why you probably can answer that question better than I can. You served under Mike Madigan, and <laughs> you understood uh, how he controls his caucus, right? And you understand that also the Black Caucus would have their demands, especially as it came closer to the end of the year. Uh, and they said, look, uh, we're not going to vote on all this other stuff if you don't give us what we want. And, and so, obviously, Pelosi was losing somewhat control of her caucus, and so they... Uh, you know, I think that she basically caved uh, when this latest assault on, on Trump came forward, which is, you know, what appears to be a trumped-up charge on his Ukraine call. Uh, I think she caved. Yeah. And she caved pressure of her caucus because she was going to lose complete control. I think you're absolutely right. She caved to the radical left, Jenny. How how you doing today? And I want to tell you, you've got this. You're going to win. Hands down. You know that, right? 
Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, so the guy I'm running against, uh, Sean Caston, he had been calling for impeachment since probably about May or June, if I remember correctly. So the guy's just barely into office. Meanwhile, the Democrats have gotten nothing done. I mean, nothing done. They've taken a slew of bad votes. They all voted for that uh, two-year budget that blew through any spending caps, $340 billion over budget. Sean Captain himself says he deserves a pay raise. They've done nothing, though, that they went there to do, whether it's, you know, anything on gun violence, anything on um, um, med- uh, health insurance costs or, or college affordability. They've done nothing well, except that they've been all in for, for impeachment. And Caston was one of the first people to say, we should impeach Trump, and he has not stopped. Well, and he was also one of the first, after this latest accusation came forward, before the transcript was out, before there was any information available, he immediately said, we need to impeach him on no facts at all. Oh, so oh. the guy I'm running against is one of the ringleaders. He's an honorary member of the squad. He's just as liberal as all of them. And the Democrat chain of command now, I think you really need to understand, goes uh, like Caston, Pelosi, AOC. Wow. Well, That's the Democrat chain of command. Well, in my view... This party has become the party of socialism and it's become the face of Maxine Waters, AOC and Miss Presley and uh, the Somalian woman. I, I can't think of her name right now that wants to change. Yes. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, Miss Omar that wants wants, uh, you know, this country to become something that it's not. And I just need people like you in office to stop that from happening. And I need because Illinois is going down the two. We, we're the future Dust Bowl of the state wow. of, of the 50 states. Right? So I, I just need you to get in there and change things. That's why I wish you would have become governor. But, you know, we, we had some never Trumpers and some never, you know, never conservatives. So we lost by a couple of points. But, you know, I need you to get in there and make and make your make your mark. So one day you can either be become governor or become senator and run for president. Oh, yeah, that was oh, a, wow, that was that, yeah. Hey, look, I'm just trying to win a little congressional seat here right now, but it's a big deal, actually. <laughs> hey, hey, Janie, I want to I want to do two things. I want you to answer this question that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play a quick audio. I want you to answer this question, and then I want you to tell the people how to reach you and um uh, what you're up to as far as um your campaign. I want you to answer this question. Okay, you got 20 good. seconds to answer this question. Here it is. What did Obama know, and when did he know it? How important is that question? Oh. Ob- that's a really important question, and that's why you're looking at impeachment, and that's why they're trying to block everything that Trump's trying to do with Barr and, uh, and all the investigations into what really started to happen in 2016, because Obama, I believe, is at the, the crux of it. It was his administration that agreed to spy on the Trump campaign, and it was his party that, that trumped up the salt steel dossier that they used to as justification to spy, and he is at the center of it. You're, you're listening he wants to Je- none of it to come out. You're listening to Jeannie I's candidate for the 6th Congressional District. So tell the people how they can reach you. You have a website. You have what are you doing? What do you got yep. coming up? Sure. Uh, so our website is genieforcongress.com. And you can connect with us there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, uh, you know, come on out and help volunteer uh, to get petitions. We're doing that every Saturday, 930 to 130 in our office. So we'd love to have more people help support our effort to uh, beat back socialism and uh, instill policies that are going to help all taxpayers in the United States. Well, Jamie, I've served with you, and you bring a dynamism to the discussion, to the debates. 
like no other. I mean, the respect that I had for you in Springfield was that you were poised, you were convicted, you were clear of who you are and, and what you love, and it's going to be a, a breath of fresh air, and this should be great. Go get them, Jeannie Ives. There you have it, Jeannie Ives. Jeannie right. Ives, candidate for the 6th Congressional District. Thanks so much for joining us, Jeannie. Coming up next. Thank can, you for having me on. Yes, thank you, Jeannie. Coming up next, Ken Verlaine and I are going to dig a little deeper into impeachment and expose the hypocrisy of the left. We will also talk to Ken about the Blago impeachment. You're listening to Black and Right on Facebook Live. Black and Right continues on AM560. Once again, here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer, Facebook Live. We're here with Ken Duncan, former state representative, and Verline Galloway. Uh, we wanted to take a few minutes to talk about uh, Ken Duncan had, has a very unique experience because he took part in the Blago impeachment. Ken, talk to our listening audience and, and give them a perspective of what that was like. Uh, was it a media circus? Were you being pulled by both sides of, of, of the argument? Tell us. It, it was a Madigan wants this done. We all better fall in line and get it done. That's what it was. So they That's had, simple. And he did it twice. One time I was not there. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Madigan snaps his finger, everyone's supposed to fall in line and, and typically does. Well, There's a couple and, times you weren't there for something. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> You know, 15 years in the in the General Assembly, people miss days at work. <laughs> I can count the days that I've missed as a legislator. One was my father's funeral. The other one was some of these these special sessions, you know, with a, a two, three-day scramble wherever you are, whether you're traveling outside of the country or you're across the country. When, when what, the, what do they call him? Uh, boss Daddy, Matt, Madigan, who's mad again, always. <laughs> he he had this vendetta. This vendetta uh, against Governor uh, Bogorovich. He didn't like Governor Quinn, and he damn sure didn't like Governor Bruce Rauner. Yeah. So he so wanted what did it. it feel like? What was, what was the emotions down there? I mean, how, how was it like everybody walking on pins and needles? You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, when master sick, we sick. Uh-oh. Type mindset. And I kid you not. I mean, most p- politicians tend to self-destruct on their own accord. All of us, myself, you, and every one of us who, who win and lose an election or who stay and, and, and go through battles. It is what it is. It's, just, it's called life. It's called life in, in, a, in a fish house. And sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we don't necessarily get it right. Some of, sometimes we get a lot of us who skate past things. But he had this big thing, along with other members, who, you know, love the drama and, you know, sort of, you know, this vindictiveness towards uh, the guy. Um, listen, I, I'm not here to speak for Rob yeah, Bogorovich, yeah. but Madigan wanted free it Bogo. done. It I think got he should done. be free. I think he should be let, let go. Absolutely. He's been there, what, eight years now? Yeah. Well, Verlon, what now, do you think? Now, this is the one issue that me and Dan Prof we disagree on. Now, this goes back to criminal justice reform, for what you were talking about a, a while ago. Now, listen, you've got people like Jesse Jackson Jr. that stole money from the people. Okay, he got less than a year and a half in jail. His wife got nine months in jail. You've got former Governor Edgar. That was the head of a pay-for-play scandals for licenses. Illegal aliens was driving uh, uh, trucks. You, you, you mean you mean Ryan? Not, uh, not Governor. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, Governor Governor Ryan. I'm sorry. And and illegal aliens were driving tractor-trailer trucks 
uh, a man. The resulted in death. Death. Six kids dead. Man, They're burned that. from head to toe. You mean to tell me this guy does less than six years? You've got uh, uh, John Burge, the, the uh, police wow. chief, that was electrocuting young men's gonads. They lose 20 years of their life. He does less than six years in jail. You're telling me this man has to do his whole 14 years? And I know when I'm at the cigar shop and I'm hanging with my fellow conservatives, they say you got to treat each case each case on an individual uh, level. But listen, when it comes to politics and you got these people that's supposed to be public servants, you can kind of use a measuring stick when it comes to this thing. He should be out of jail. He's done seven years. He's done more than all the rest of these people that have done way worse crimes. He should be let out of jail. At least his sentence should be commuted. I agree wholeheartedly. And when you look at it, you know, the crime, you know, selling the seat, why didn't they allow it to happen? I mean, that would have been the real crime. Right. You know, everyone is still scratching their heads about this, the Rob Lagorovich uh, sentencing, uh, et cetera. And again, it, it spoke to an era of politics that folk were comfortable with uh, obliging or facilitating or enabling as Democrats. It was like, oh, well, you know, it's what the speaker wants. It's the culture of Springfield. Field, irrespective of who the governor is, we go through a person who feels as if this is his state and taxpaying dollars is his money and what he says goes. That's so, that's so, a fact. So and my, no one argue opposite of what I'm what I'm talking about. Correct. So my, my, my but people my, like me uh-oh. enable the speaker to be the tyrant of who he is to create a an Illinois culture of co- corruption. So. I'm condemning myself as well because oh. I was a part of that debacle and the embarrassment and the co- corruption tax that everyone pays still to this day. It's called the pensions. It's called uh, not having uh, quality schools that are well-funded. It's, not, it's called overtaxing citizens, multiple fees all over the state, pressing small communities, people, regressive taxes, et cetera. Wow. Confession. I, I couldn't. I couldn't interrupt you with that because I. I, I thought that was masterful. You know, my. Well, I got a friend of mine, Steve Phillips. He says, uh, "If pardon is the Illinois electorate dumb enough to elect him to something important again, meaning Rob Blagojevich?" Hey, listen. I, I, I believe in redemption, and it, nobody is, is perfect. The man is serving his time, and and we're for restorative justice or uh, an avoidance of our recidivism. The man wants to come out and, and change his trajectory. He might he might become a conservative. I believe the same. I, I believe he should be he should be let out. I believe he should. Yeah, well, no, he, he he's addressed his issue face on face on. I agree. All right, you heard it here, Ken Duncan. Uh, coming up next, we'll expose the hypocrisy of the left on impeachment. You're listening to Black and Right on Facebook Live. And now more of Black and Right. On AM 560, here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love. I like this music. Need a little bit more funky, though, before you go. Make it funky, (laughs) y'all. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer, Facebook Live. You were joined by my good buddy, Ken Duncan, and now my new good buddy, Verlon Galloway. Verlon G. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's sometimes when you call in and it's just like like a minute or two minutes to talk, it's not enough to get it all out. Yeah. So I'm glad that you wanted to have me in the studio so you can really hear what I had to say. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you showed up. So, you know, when when you think about what's happening with all this impeachment talk, right? 
you see, you, you, you hear Nancy Pelosi, you hear Chuck Schumer, you hear Maxine Waters all saying, impeach this guy. You hear uh, Representative Al Green. You know, if I'm afraid if we don't impeach him, impeach him, he's going to win. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to just let the people decide and listen to what our good Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, had to say when a certain Democrat was being impeached. Today, the Republican majority is not judging the president with fairness, but impeaching him with a vengeance. In the investigation of the president, fundamental principles which Americans hold dear, privacy, fairness, checks and balances, have been seriously violated. And why? Because we are here, as we are here today because the Republicans in the House are paralyzed with hatred of President Clinton, and until the Republicans free themselves of this hatred, our country will suffer. Ouch. Wow, that's a statement. It's, I mean, am I blind? Am I deaf? I mean, I can't reason correctly or something. Isn't that the same thing that's happening today with the Trump deranging system? Help me out. No, you're right. You're seeing ghosts. Is, okay. Now, 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 let's listen to Speaker Pelosi about Trump. The actions taken to date by the president have seriously violated the Constitution, especially when the president says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. For the past several months, we have been investigating in our committees and litigating in the courts so the House can gather all the relevant facts and consider whether to exercise its full Article 1 powers, including a constitutional power of the utmost gravity approval of articles of impeachment. And this week, the president has admitted to asking the president of Ukraine to take actions which would benefit him politically. Wow. There you go, Nancy Pelosi. What what changed? (laughs) Ken, what changed? Hey, listen, the reality is we go through these machinations of political discourse, inundation, and uh, vilifying. Nothing's going to happen in the end. You saw Saturday Night Live last week. He says, nothing's going to (laughs) happen. Not going to happen. They don't have the votes in the Senate. And to have an impeachment start without having facts in front of you, the public sees and understands it. The big distinction with Trump is he speaks very plainly. (laughs) And what he's been successful with is educating the public on facts versus fiction. And whether you like him or not, he talks straightforward. We know where he is. We knew where he was before he was elected. Yeah. And, 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 he, and he, he has a unique ability to talk around the media, which that hasn't been done, especially for the Republican side of the aisle. And I don't, I don't think Republicans have ever been able to have this, this type of uh, ability to speak around the media. Right? So, to your last statement about, you know, uh, going forward with something without evidence, you got to understand this is Mrs. You have to pass it before you know what's in it. Oh, OK. So but I got a fundamental question for everybody out here. What's worse? Someone who talks to foreign leaders and he might say some things that you might not want him to say or someone that was in the White House with uh, Bill Clinton, who's raped women, abused women and, and fornicated uh, in the Oval Office. Okay, now, now, which, which one is worse? Some, uh, where are our values? That's what I ask. See, Democrats don't care about values. They, anything goes with Democrats. 
we as Republicans and conservatives, we care about traditional values and we're losing the country because of it. Now, let's 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 listen to Mr. Chuck U. Schumer. Hold on. On the Clinton impeachment. I expect history will show that we've lowered the bar on impeachment so much. We have broken the seal on this extremely extreme extreme penalty so cavalierly that it will be used as a routine tool to fight political battles. My fear is that when a Republican wins the White House, Democrats will demand payback. Was this that payback he, he so eloquently spoke of? Well edited, I tell you. You know, it, it's, it, you know, this, the hypocrisy of it all is they don't believe that people can see, hear, and understand if you're not in Washington, D.C. That's the biggest misnomer. Same like Springfield. I mean, it's, we take for granted the, the common sense and the intellect of constituents across this state mm-hmm. and the country. Mm-hmm. People see that it's a nothing burger. Now, let's, let's listen to Chuck e. Schumer on Trump's impeachment. But Donald Trump, make no mistake about it, if the facts merit, as Alonso, as Alfonso David said, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are coming for you. Uh-oh. Well, they, they're definitely coming for him. And, and Ken, we have 49 seconds on the clock. Ken, you and I know, because we've been in politics, this is nothing but politics and political theater. Am I right or am I wrong? This is a bunch of politics. Uh-oh. Ooh, love and the Democrats really need to get focused on what's important to us. An infrastructure bill that needs to come out of that Congress. A, a, an approach where we are addressing comprehensive immigration Mexican reform. Mexican trade agreement. The Mexican trade agreement. Issues that impact. They need to address the issue with assault weapons and how it is that we're going to uh, fix that at whatever form we need to. Real substantive conversations of what Americans are looking for. You heard for. it. We'll be back. And now, more of Black and Right on AM560. Here are your hosts, John Anthony and Charles Love. Uh-oh. Oh, there you go, kid. <laughs> Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer, Facebook Live. You know, uh, that was a very inter- uh, a lively discussion. Um, I think it, I thought it was a very interesting discussion. Well, w- well, it was something that I wanted to add. You know, to go back to what you and what Ken was talking about as far as political theater, the problem is, is that the American people's attention span is two minutes. Our memories are two minutes. You just played all of those segments where they were literally the other party yeah. and, and, was, and, was, and was saying all the things that we're saying right now. And they was defending a way more deplorable person than you can call Donald Trump. They just hate, they just hate what he says. Because yeah. trust me, I argue with these progressives all the time. They just hate what he says, but he does all the things that we need him to do. So I just ask people, research, do your research, and, and, and come to your own conclusions. So, v, I, I like to ask you this. So, he says he's very unique. Yeah. He's very bombastic. He's very outspoken, to say the least. Ken Duncan. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he's brought a whole new paradigm shift and perspective to that office because of who he is, the Donald Trump. But you made an, an incredible point of he's doing all the things that we need. What are those? Oh, Ooh. wow. When it, comes, when, it comes to, uh, uh, when it comes to the right to life, 
he's he's oh man i love him for it because uh, you know he he's a voice for the unborn because if, if if a person like him or us doesn't speak for the unborn the democrats will have their way and they'll kill more babies they they have already killed more babies than slavery did from 400 years ago wow 60 60 million blacks have died from slavery since uh, uh, Roe versus Wade, 60 million blacks have died from slavery. Do the numbers. So just imagine if they had another 100 years. They, would, they will complete Margaret Singer's uh, 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 vision to kill all dark people. So, what did it, so Margaret Singer, yes. refresh folks' in te- in intelligence, you know, educate us. She started what now? She was a eugenics. And, she, and, and basically, she was the blueprint, blueprint for Planned uh, plan, uh, Parenthood. And her sole function was to eradicate dark people to kill black babies. Yes, the founder of Planned Parenthood. He right? gonna make it plain. He gonna call it what it is, black. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, some of my biggest regrets mm. has been around abortion in Springfield as a as a quote unquote Democrat. I kid you not. Some of my big I've had you know just you know as you mature, you just like wow, why are we doing that now in the state of Illinois? It's abortion on demand. Yes. Yeah. So irrespective of uh, whoever uh, decides to go, if you're a state employee, if you're low income, you can go get an abortion on demand. Yes. So the government is in, is in our bedrooms right now. Yes. And, 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 the, and the, uh, the kid can be underage and don't even have to tell their parents. This is the beauty of radio. We're talking about impeachment, and we, and we veered off to— <laughs> no, 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 Did that, did that pass? Beauty. That's the beauty. Yes. Yeah, HB 40. Yeah. Of, oh, my goodness. Remember, HB 40 basically— uh, in the reporting requirement, from when I when I was advised, the reporting requirement was also taken away from uh, in, parental in, notification. Yes, in HB forty, as far as how many abortions are done in the state of Illinois, and Rowland signed that. Yeah, he he signed that, which was the death knell for him, in my opinion. That was the death knell. You know, I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at. That's that's where we find ourselves. But can you? I heard you just say, "quote unquote" Democrat. How would you classify yourself now? You know, I classify myself as a a. a Right-thinking black man that's woke. Mm. Oh, mm. ouch! I love that. I love. I love these new words. And you know, I, I, what I what I what I'm really loving about today, Ken, is is you're able to have uh, your say in what's happening and who Ken Duncan is, and not allow not that not to be defined by anybody else. That's what I really love. You know, but you hear that music? You know <laughs> what that means? Coming up in hour two, we're moving over to the radio until two thirty. And then we'll be back on the Facebook live stream from 2.30 to 3. You're listening to Black and Right with my good buddy, Ken Duncan, and my new good buddy, Verlon Galloway. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony. Welcome to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Charles Love is off today. So I'm very excited to be joined by two good people. One is my really good friend, Ken Duncan, for the show today. Kenny, 
Hey, what's going on? <laughs> the other is my... John Anthony. Uh-oh, watch it now. The other one is my new best friend, Verlon, who always calls in and gives Charles a hard time because he's always on my side. I'm always right, right? <laughs> You're always right. You're right in black and red. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Black and Right Radio. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at J. Anthony Speaks. Kenny, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook. I'm just Ken Duncan, former state representative on Facebook. All right, Verlon? I'm on Twitter at Verlon Galloway on Twitter. Wow. We, we, I thought we had a very good hour on the Facebook Live. We, 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 we did a lot of good stuff. Uh, we talked a lot about the impeachment process. We talked about the Blago impeachment process. We talk, and Ken Duncan, you were there. I, I thought it was a great, I thought Verlon, Verlon, sorry. That's all right. I thought you had a very, uh, a lot of good comments on it. But, you know, I kind of want to switch. I want to I kind of veer to the right. Is it okay if we go to the right? <laughs> it's just black and right, right? right. Uh, Ken Duncan, um, I recall, I believe it was sometime in February of 2016, I believe, uh, you and I, we were sitting in the Illinois General Assembly. We had a special guest that day. Uh, it was the President of the United States of America. His name is Barack Obama. During that time, Barack Obama, President Obama, um, he said a few things. Let's listen to the audio. Where I've got an opportunity to find some common ground, that doesn't make me a sellout to my own party. That applies now. The same... Well, we'll talk later, Duncan. You just see him. So. Okay, let's, let's set the stage for, for, for our listening audience. So the president was coming down there to get money for his library, right? T- tell our $100 million. $100 million. Tell our listening audience, I mean, what were you thinking? Because I know what I was thinking, and I know how I was feeling, but... He wasn't speaking to me. He was speaking to Ken Duncan. <laughs> How did you feel? What? Because I, I guess mentally, it hits you mentally first. So, what were your thoughts when he said that? And how did? You, what were the feelings? What were the emotions? How did you feel about that? Well, no one's ever actually asked, asked me that question. But you know, I had known Barack Obama since uh, when I was a student at the University of Chicago in grad school. You know, we played basketball together. We served together in the Illinois General Assembly. Uh, uh, the board that I sit on, he has been our attorney or was our attorney for a number of years. So it's not like we did not know each other. Right. And uh, so I wasn't taken aback as people probably perceive. I think people were enamored with his, his with his pomp and circumstance of being the president. Right. And uh, so it was it was something of he and I would always have something to say. Uh, but we've been friends for a long time. I was a major supporter of President Barack Obama on multiple levels. And uh, so I wasn't taken aback. Uh-huh. Just sort of, it was something very personal because uh, we knew each other. So okay. I, there was no embarrassment. There was no no checkmate. You know, folk were just giddy. You know, the president's in town, which is wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. But keep in mind, his message was having a unified General Assembly on subject matters that made sense the most to, the, to, to, to Illinois residents, to people. Bipartisan approaches towards solutions. That was the crux of his communication, and I applauded him when he articulated that Republicans, Democrats, independents work together. And I was like, right on. But that took things a little off kilter. Mm-hmm. See, you know, it's one thing to talk that talk, that talk. it's another to walk that walk. And I think the missing ingredient is the bipartisan and the, the spirit 
of cooperation and working together for the common good of citizens across this country when it's all said and done. So I wasn't, you know, though Barack Obama stuff, it went off my shoulders like a water off of a duck. Well, I know you and I know that to be true. Uh, knowing you, knowing your personality, I, when I, I knew that that was, was, was something you would say. And when I, but when I heard it, I'm like, oh boy, did he just call him out? But when you look at what, what, what the president said, he said, you're not a sellout for going against your party, but yet he's going to deal with you. Did he ever talk to you? That, and that, that was why I gave him the amen. Yeah. All I said was amen. Yeah. Oh, Dungar, you just, so the short answer for that is no. And you know, when he's president, I, I was at the white house at least three times. Uh-huh. So again, the rapport, the relationship has always been there. And you know, I've always, I've always respect his political trajectory. I mean, it's second to none. It is what it is. He has, you know, I mean, the man started from the bottom and he is up and then some. You just can't deny that fact. Um, now, we get into some policy discussions and have a whole nother conversation. But I'm giving you the personal perspective right. of my relationship with him and why uh, people were more surprised because they don't necessarily know or didn't know our relationship. And, and that's normally how it is, though, right? Absolutely. So, so would you would you classify you guys as still friends at this point? And this, I mean, you guys, can you pick up the phone and give, hey, Brock, what's going on, bud? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, because you know, he's pretty important. You know, he's yeah. You know how how things can get when folk uh, move on up. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is the business that we're in, the business of politics, mm-hmm. and there are no permanent friends, no no permanent enemies. They're only permanent. Interest. Yeah, because I, I never, I, 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 maybe I missed it somewhere, but I never saw that you really, um, that anybody ever really asked you about this. Sure. I, I didn't see it anywhere. I mean, maybe it was, maybe you did answer yeah. the questions about you, this. You know how it is in this, this, this sort of uh, Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. gotcha, mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody just snapped on somebody, somebody cut somebody. Some, some was always looking for a cap, if you will, as, a, as, the, as the, the, the latest lingo. And, but the reality is everyone knows, at least in that body, mm-hmm. knew of our relationship. Mm-hmm. But I, when, you, when you look at what's happening right now, I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question that I, I, I posed to Jeannie Ives. Uh, when you look at what's happening with the impeachment process of, you know, with your good buddy uh, Trump. <laughs> but I, I, want to pe- I want people to hear this question. And Verlon, Ken, whoever wants to tackle it first, go ahead. What did Obama know and when did he know it? He knew all of it. Okay, listen, uh, Lisa Page, one of the people that got took uh, behind the scenes and talked to by Congress that, that they let off the hook. She said the shot was called from the top. Now, what does that mean? Was it Loretta Lynch? Was it uh, Joe Biden? Or was it Barack Obama? They were the ones at the top. So you think the president doesn't know everything that's going on under him? Then you're a fool. He's, he's the one that's responsible for everything that that was put in motion against this president right now. And, and, and Ken, I mean, all of this just reeks of Illinois politics. And, and, I mean, you, you were there a lot longer you than I. You, you, you've seen a lot more of this. Am, am, am I missing something? What, what would you say to the person that says, ah, oh, Barack didn't have anything to do with this. He had no idea what was going on. Well, we know better than that. <laughs> the reality is politics is a very, very vicious game to be Ooh. in, let me tell you. And your opponents will spare no expense of discrediting you. None. Dislodging you, uh, dismembering you, trying to embarrass you 
at every level. You, your kids. I mean, this democratic state of Illinois in particular, the way they came at me, I mean, I was charged with battery from a fist fight with another man, a male, over 20 plus years ago, uh-huh. about 25 years ago now. Uh-huh. And yet they put women in front as if I remember I that. Women. These are my fellow Democratic colleagues. It's about it's either it, it's about killing and smashing someone to the nth degree to make what point I don't know. It's never about the issues, the substantive issues. Never. And so, but it's the sensationalization of politics and politics that keeps people's attention, and it keep it's a nasty disposition in the mindset of a lot of folks. Well, Ken, we left the plantation. We, we, we weren't supposed to leave the plantation. We, we, we left the plantation and we thought we was house, you know what? <laughs> I mean, we, we weren't supposed to go out and do that, we, especially with the alignment. That, and, you know, when I was in Springfield, I always felt like I felt like I was drowning all the time. The Democrats didn't trust me because they felt like I should have been a Democrat. The Republican didn't trust me because they thought I was a Madigan plant. What? <laughs> you remember all that, all that yeah. crap that happened down there? You know, I think the real takeaway uh, is for the constituent see in Illinois and across this country is to start following issues that are important to them and to get past a lot of the political shenanigans that exist really on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, and to go straight for the juggler when it comes to adding value to America, policy that really benefits Americans. That's good. And, 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 and it's so right. And it's, it, we need to have more of these type of conversations. But coming up on Black and Right, Ken and I and Verlon will continue the discussion and take your, fo- your phone calls. Give us a call, 312-642-5600. Let us know what you feel, what you, how you feel and what, what were your thoughts about what Ken Duncan had to say about him and his uh, trice with Obama and the whatever, all of the good stuff and bad stuff that happened with Obama. You listen to Black and Right, AM560, The Answer. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm John Anthony. He is Ken Duncan and Verlon Galloway. Uh, I thought that was a very illuminating discussion about your time in the General Assembly and what Barack Obama... I didn't know that because, you know, I've never... I, you're my friend. I, yeah, I'm there for you. So I never even posed the question to try to even dig that out and find that out about what happened. What were your thoughts? How you felt? Because you're my friend. I didn't care. I just cared about how you, you know. But thank you. We have a we have a a, 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 a caller on the line. Remember the question I was just posing to you guys during the break? Uh, we got my good buddy uh, DJ on the line. Go ahead, DJ. You're on hey AM five sixty. Uh, the answer. By the way. I, I got to tell you, I love the dynamics that you guys have with this this particular show. But Ken, I guess this question is specifically for you. You know, John and I have talked a lot about how uh, the progressives are continuously manipulating the vocabulary of the day in order to control the message. And what happened to you is a perfect example of that. I guess my question is, what can Republicans do to counteract such manipulation? Well, that's a very good question, and I think active communications is the order of the day, and you have to. Base it in truth and facts as relates to policy positions. What we are not actively communicating on are policy facts. When we get past the rhetoric, we have to boil it down to what's the legislative intent and where is it in the legislative process. And the more you communicate and conversate 
about what the purpose of a, an elected official is, that's when you start getting people to come over to a rational disposition and not all of this, all of these theatrics because people really can't see. And people are really had, you know, they, they've had enough of over the top rhetoric. People are looking for a return on investment from their elected officials and not a regressive tax or fine or fee on every single thing. And so uh, you look at Trump, whether you love, like Trump, hate him or not, he's refreshing at least because he tells the truth and truth is an unusual commodity in politics. Mm. And so people really don't value. In that, in that re- I guess in that regard, Ken, my point is, is that Trump doesn't have the fear of, of, of basically sitting in the back seat and just letting the Dems run ruckshot over, over the message of the day. He's not scared. It, I, I guess I see both, both Republicans in the General Assembly in Illinois as well as in Congress basically taking a back seat and letting the Dems run ruckshot. And, and I, I, I guess I'm very frustrated with the fact that they have just as much voice as the Dems do, but they're not stepping up to the plate to have that voice. It almost seems to me as if it's fear because they don't want to be connected to, to the president. Well, you, you get those different dynamics. Uh, you know, folk are, you know, unfortunately, politicians are always running for reelection in their policy disposition. I mean, it's a real sad situation on both Republicans and the Democrats. They're always sort of I don't want to be hit for, you know, for making the wrong statement or doing the wrong vote, uh, vote or not speaking up or hiding in the cut somewhere because I need to get reelected. See, today. What can they say to me? I'm not running for, for, for office. Ouch. All right. So sure? I'm the most dangerous person on the planet who can. I'm a free black man who, who thinks right, who can see things clearly from the balcony now. And even, you know, and, and I'm, I've been highly critical of myself and the number of votes that I've taken and some of the dispositions. And even, I mean, from a number of ways, you, you, we always over critique ourselves. We can all do better. But at the end of the day, what black folk need, because, you know, the, the purpose of this show, black and right, is to focus on job creation, infrastructure program, how it is that we're going to add value in the black family and make our community strong and eliminate to the greatest ability that we, we can this criminal element that is plaguing cities like Chicago, Baltimore, certain parts of Atlanta, everywhere you go, in some of the rural areas in our community. And that has no party affiliation. Those are policy positions that we have to start looking at this president for. Criminal justice reform made a lot of sense. Him restoring the money that uh, the last president uh, cut funding for historically black colleges, which was amazing. And, and I'm, I'm going to press this administration to appoint or at least nominate the first black woman Supreme Court justice. Oh, mm. Bush did. He, he, he tried. Well, the, the Obama had three opportunities to do that. Yeah, he did. There are tons of incredible, incredible black women who can serve and make history at the Supreme Court and do our country well. Hey, DJ, thanks so much for that. Mm-hmm. that was, those you, are DJ. some really good questions. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. That, that's, that's true. I mean, you, you, you hit it right on the, uh, on the, on the head uh, as far as when it comes to what Trump has been able to do. But, but uh, to, to, to DJ's point, though, it is fear. You have all these politicals. Ken, you've, I mean, you've seen it. You've, you've had to go out and walk campaigns with people that are running for office. They are afraid of losing. There are some, uh, let's, let's talk about the Illinois General Assembly. There are some people that were down there who have never had an opponent. So when they get an opponent, it scares the bejeebies out of them because they're afraid of what? 
losing, losing their seat. seat. And, and see, and that's too, and that's not just in, in Springfield, Illinois. That's all across the country. That's also in Washington, in Washington D.C. Again, with Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. And you know, enough already. All right. You know, the, the overpartisan bickering and hyperpartisanism. Really, at the end of the day, I want people, I want black folk in particular, to just start thinking a little bit more strategically about what's important to us. Our right to life issues important to us. Our taxes being reduced important to us. Our job creation, crime reduction, is that important to us, V? I mean, that goes beyond partisan politics, the way I see it. The Democrat Party is a very vicious party. If you don't subscribe to group throw, they're going to destroy you. If you don't think this, you're telling me, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a living I'm trying to explain. I'm to a people. living testament of <laughs> Democrats just going all in against but, my neck. But, but I want to go back to a statement that you made: permanent interest. That's a that's a real mm, big that's right. statement that's that good. you could talk about. No permanent friends, no permanent enemies, only permanent interests. Now, what are our permanent interests as Americans? I know what the Democrats' permanent interests are. There, it's multiculturalism and keeping us divided to what I might want as a black man. He might want as a white man, Hispanic people. Sure. But what are our permanent interests as Americans? Wow. That's and that's, a, that's the, the conversation that has to be the salient issue. How do, you, how do you really fix the immigration issue? How do you really take the criminal justice reform to the second chance or the second step? How is it that you reduce taxes here nationally or at the federal level? How do you create jobs? But you have to take politics out of that to even have to even have a, a conversation about it. It has to be it has to be about policy, as you spoke. But it also has to be about how do we really affect change? How do we bring it? How we make these? Can you know? I'm a former former cop. I've, you and I worked a lot on criminal justice reform Absolutely. when I was down in Springfield. I remember um, former state representative Elaine Nakers. You remember that DUI bill? She had been trying to get that bill out of committee. I mean, get get it past the passage. I walked up to her and I said, "Hey, look." Let's get it passed. Called um, Matt. Matt said, I was the first legislator that ever called him about a bill. Mm. I was like, what? <laughs> I became Matt Legislator of the Year because of that. I remember when Scott Drury um, had a bill, the, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the bill that was similar to the uh, heroin bill, uh, that if, if, someone, if someone called the police and a kid was drunk, they wouldn't go to, to jail if they're caught with um, alcohol. Well, heroin. Know, I, mean, I remember that. That was, a, that was a, a stark difference when it came to crack cocaine. Yeah. Listen, there, you know, America is not perfect. Yeah. It's an incredible country that we love and that can only get better with our vested interests and involvement, no matter how you look at it, yeah. irrespective. But I think it's, it's very critical that we know that this country had it, had it, has to maintain its high level of more obligation and sensibility. And capitalism works, not socialism. Yes, that's right. Be clear. So, so Ken, let's 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 talk about Ken Duncan. What are you up to? Uh, what's new? What's, ref- what's what's refreshing? What's what are you doing? You know, I am. I'm, I'm trying to be a consultant and help folk interact with government at the state level, at the local level, at the federal level, and uh, give constructive advice to companies, to individuals, to not for profits, and you know, just really turn over a new leaf. But staying within what it, what it is that I'm very comfortable with and that I know and making sure that it's clear and how to engage government. Oh, wow. That's 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 amazing. And I mean, you have, what, 16 years of uh, being in public office. But I mean, you, what you did before you got into uh, politics was even more impressive. Yeah. Tell you know about that? I, you know, I was the director of the Robert Taylor Boys and Girls Club yes. in the Robert Taylor community uh, back in the day. And I'm a I'm a social worker by training. Yes. So I have 
always had an affinity towards adding value in the lives of others. That's why I went to social work. And let me tell you, a whole lot of us politicians, recovering and all, need some political therapy. Ouch, that so is I'm a so recovering true. politician hey, myself. I, I'm, I'm actually in therapy now, uh, along with my wife. But, you know, that'll, that will do it for us on AM560, The Answer. But I hope you can join us on Facebook Live for the next hour uh, for a conversation with former Sheriff Mark Curran. You don't want to miss it. You're listening to AM560, The Answer. Black and Right with John Anthony and Charles Love on AM560, The Answer. I feel like I want to go to sleep. You want to go to sleep? Welcome back to AM560, The Answer on Facebook Live. I'm John Anthony alongside Ken Duncan and Verlon Galloway. We're pleased to be joined. Uh, I don't know if he's with us. Is he with us? Mark Curran? Oh, I guess he's not going to join us. So well, when he gets here, we'll, 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 we can talk to him. But Ken, we had a very interesting conversation. Verlon, I'll let you lead this conversation because you guys were having I, I walked out of the room. You know, I'm just trying to figure out where did this Trump derangement syndrome come from? Every rapper, every actor loved him. Uh, he them. was a private donor given to everybody's campaign. And when the rappers talked about him, their name, his name dropped out of their mouth on every rap song from 1984 till now. And I'm just wondering, when did people learn to hate him? Oh, I, I, I figured it Uh-oh. out. When he ran for president. Oh, teach, Vernon. When he dared to step out there for the American people and take all the spears and arrows, that's when everybody hated him. You know, man, you're spot on. I'm amazed. If you look at most of your popular rap artists, television personalities, movie stars, you'll see them wrapped around hugging Trump, Mm -hmm. singing about Trump. So this Trump's popularity skyrocketed after the Central Park Five. Oh, uh oh, oh, don't say that. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. This is some time. I want to jump in. Didn't Jesse Jackson give him an award after the Central Park Five that they were harping about? I don't uh, know. Uh, when they see us and all the rest of this stuff. So what's amazing is, so here, here's the takeaway. Whether you like him or not, because, you know, politicians you know, can care less whether you love them or hate them. They really can't. They just w- want your vote. That's what, what we were about. You know, that's the, the raw truth, whether you want it or not. We want to win. And too many of us legislated just to win. Ouch. What black folk have to do is start looking at the facts. What are the policy initiatives that we have to focus on mm-hmm. because we're part of this American ethos. All right. Workforce development and, and, and job training yes. is critical. Yes. Black economics is a, an imperative. I mean, I'm telling you, it's no joke out here in, in some of our communities. And we're here as three black men, you know, talking about real issues, real substantive issues that we have to make sure that it's a part of the political conversational landscape. But all but, the Democrats, last point, all the Democrats, who are running for president, not one of them has had any substantive conversation about what it is, these are Democrats, mm-hmm. or what it is that they want to do for our community. Oh. You're talking about everybody but us because they expect us to vote Democrat Ouch. hook, line, and sinker. They do. But how about some of these schools that Rom closed down? Make some trade schools out of them. 
trade school six months to a year, you're working, you're making good money, and you can take care, you can provide for your family. Nobody wants to put any money into that. What we should be do- doing is demanding that this Trump administration, along with this state administration, come up with programs that make sense like that. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Oh, but they'll give it to, what's that, on the north side, Lincoln Yards? What was the name? Oh, that yeah, they Lincoln Yards. A billion, two, 200 million into Lincoln Yards? Uh-oh. Listen, the bottom line is you're either a part of the discussion, you're at the table, or you're on the menu. Hmm. And that's, that's a fact. So, you know, do lunch or be lunch. Ooh. You have to get in, insert yourself into the policy discussion. Period, point blank. You know, enough but of how? all the political... How? What, what, you, what it is that you come up with an agenda mm-hmm. and that you say, what are some of the things that I'm going to be working on, mm-hmm. that I'm working on? That's one of the things. Coming up with policy point. That, you know, I'm formulation. I'm giving you sort of a precursor. Get past the Republican conversation. Get past the Democratic conversation. What is it that we need to do in the black community to have an economic trajectory that's going to put us at the next level other than some of the challenges that we're having across America? But Baltimore yeah. included. Chicago included. You, you tried to do that. I, I, I'll never forget with the Black Caucus when you were the joint chairman. You tried to do that with Bruce Rauner and you were ostracized. You lost your chairmanship because you wanted to go and figure out how best to make the black community improve. You know, it, it, you're absolutely correct. See, most of us, black folk included, we are comfortable with us being at the top of the criminal system, mm-hmm. top of the unemployment level. Why is that? We've learned how to survive. But see, that's that's not enough. It's pitiful. Because we're standing on shows that came before us and then some. Wow. And so we don't have time or the luxury to act as if we don't know. You know what? You know what? Let me change that statement. It's not just survive. We've learned how to live off of whatever the government provides for us. And, and you Without, know we're better we, than we, that. We just take what we We're get. better than that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. You know, yes, a, are. a black conservative mindset is about taking care of your family, working hard, right. being a great citizen. Being involved and engaged in your community mm-hmm. and loving our God. Shouldn't that be the mindset of people? I mean, that's, you would think that should be the mindset of people. You know, and, and that's exactly what we have to do to rebuild the structure in our community. There's no way in the world that we should have the, the, some of the carnage and the chaos in our communities to the extent that we have here in, in Chicago, for example. Yeah. I mean, 40 people shot in one weekend, 30 people shot, 10 people dead. Now, do you remember when you brought up the barbershop? You remember when you brought up the barbershop? You know, I, I talked to men my age, my age. They still won't work a regular job. They won't. They, it's either get rich or die. Woo. Coming up on Black and Right, we'll read your comments, your questions, and spend a little bit of time discussing the Botham case. You're listening to Black and Right on Facebook Live. This is Black and Right on AM560 with Charles Love and John Anthony. This goes back. The music is something else. This is, <laughs> I bet this is Charles Love's music. Welcome back to AM560, The Answer on Facebook Live. I'm John Anthony. Ken Duncan had to leave us. He's such a traitor and wimp right how would he leave us i'm here also with uh my newfound friend verlon k 
Galloway as Charles Love had to. Uh, it's not here today, you simpleton. You know, but we. Hey, when the <laughs> when the when when the cat's away, the mice will talk about politics. That's right. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the to, to, into the um, Botham case, uh, let's take the call from Jim. Jim, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to AM five sixty. The answer you're on black and right. Good. It's always on the Verlan on the radio. You're on. Go and ahead. I was going to tell. I was going to tell. Use the uh, tell uh, Ken Duncan. I actually met him over the summer, but you know he's an example of what happens if a, if a black guy jumps off the liberal plantation in Illinois. They smack him down like a dog because that's what that's what uh, Madigan, uh, you know, Mike Madigan, Madigan did when uh, you know uh, Ken voted for the. Uh, Stop the overwrite or whatever. You, you mean you mean Ryan. that he didn't vote because he wasn't there. They needed that. They needed his seventy well, yeah, vote. Well, he didn't vote to support the overwrite or whatever it was. Yeah. But he voted with the with the minorities. So he was the only one, and they kicked him like a dog. Oh yeah. And and I told him when I met him, you you should have switched your party to a Republican when you did it. <laughs> For, uh, I, I should have talked to him while he was here because I I do know that. Um, the Republican Party has been trying to get him to to, to be a to switch over to the party, but that was even years and years and years ago, and Ken just wouldn't do it. Um, but uh, yeah. as you heard, See, that's the problem because you know they they treat you like dog meat, and and you know if you don't if you if you dare have an independent voice, guess what? You're you're, you're treated like a dog, and that's the problem in Illinois. Everybody complains, but all these same guys vote for Madigan as speaker. That's so true. Well, Jim, you, you had a question for us. No, I just wanted to chime in. It's always okay. good to hear Verlan on the radio, and he's a good independent voice. And I think a lot of this Trump stuff, you know, it's just now, now they're saying there's a second whistleblower. Oh, man. I mean, How come convenient. On. This yeah. is the same old Democratic playbook. This is a cabin all over again. Thank you, Jim. And people got to quit voting for these Democrats. It's fiction. They write good fictional that's stories. A, <laughs> that's right. A whole lot of BS going on. Hey, 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 hey. Right. That is so fake. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jim. Talk to you later, Jim. Always a pleasure. So, as you know, uh, I'm going to take a different approach with this Botham case. Because I think, I think a lot of people have, have, have given their opinions about it. And I'm talking more about the brother, Brent. Uh, I don't know if I had the capacity, the love capacitor, to do what he did. When I sat there and I saw, I, I, I bawled, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big crier, but I started crying after watching the video. And I think a lot of people missed the true point because immediately everybody started talking about what? Oh, yeah, they started talking about the case. And the hug. Yeah, yeah. The hug. That's all. I, so what, what I wanted to do, and I want to get your opinion, I want to get your, your thoughts on, 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 on that aspect. Not the shooting. I mean, that happened. Okay. Um, but what I wanted to do, I wanted people to actually hear what this guy said, and then you and I can discuss it. I can speak for myself. I, I forgive you, and I know if you go to God and ask Him, He will forgive you. And I don't think anyone could say it. Again, I'm speaking for myself, not even bad for my family. But I love you just like anyone else. And I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but... Wait. Are you hearing yes. the emotions? That was, that was his inner, his inner everything talking. I, I'm just going to tell you like this before you play anything else. I don't know how many siblings you have. I have one brother. Mm-hmm. 
you take my brother. I'm going to lose half of myself. There's no way yeah. I, could, I could forgive. Yeah. Now, and I'm just speaking for me. I, I don't know if people are going to say, well, I'm not Christ-like or whatever, but that, I couldn't do it. But he continues. I, see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I... How could you want the best for somebody that je- je- that was that's getting ready to be sentenced who killed your brother how i mean where do you find that in your heart to do that he's better than me i'm not even going to try to d- describe it he's better than me wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone but i don't even want you to go to jail i want the best for you Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. Wow. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I'm a believer. That's where I literally broke. Because he was offering Amber Gaia, whatever her name is, the one solace that could help her while she was gone. And for him to be the one doing it, Blew me, blew my every mental mental capacitor that I have in my mind out of the water. What say you? I have no words. I have none. I, I told you he's he's a better man than me. Then he goes on to say, "Do you mind if I hug her?" And when you see him hugging her, you you see they they're, they're exchanging. I would love to have known what that was what they were talking about when she went, he went to hug her. Because at that moment of, moment of contact, I think he was praying for her in ways that she'll never understand. There's no way. No way I could have hugged that woman. No way. Wow. That's just, it, it, it broke me. It broke me, it broke me. You're listening to Black and Right on Facebook Live. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right on AM560 with Charles Love and John Anthony. Well, Charles is not with us today. Charles decided to leave us, but I'm sitting in with uh, my good friend, Verlon Galloway. You're listening to Black and Right. I'm John Anthony. Um, that was I, I saw that you were getting kind of emotional about yeah. that last topic. Um, it, it, it's a tough case. It, it really was a tough case. Uh, it's it's I mean, this kid was sitting in his own house and lost his life because somebody who murdered him. He was murdered. He was killed. That's that's no if there's no if ands or, or, or buts about that. Uh, but let, let's, let's kind of shift because we, let's let's end the show. Um, you I'm sure you've heard of the um, did you watch the um, the the um, intelligence community? I mean, committee's um, conversation about Trump and the whistleblower. And did you hear what the chairman of that intelligence committee, Adam Schiff, had to say? Yeah, he made well, up. He made up some more fiction. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. wait I, I have it here. How about, how about we just listen to it and let, let the audience listen to it as well? Let's, I let's, love it. Here we go. We've been very good to your country. Very good. No other country has done as much as we have. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent. Understand lots of it. This is. In some and this was read into the record, the official record of the intelligence community uh, committee's um, uh, meeting. 
this was read in the official. So I wouldn't be surprised if that good President Trump would say something like this. This is a hoax. This is the greatest hoax. This is just a continuation of what's been playing out, John, for the last uh, since my election, I would say, if you want to probably we'll find out soon, but probably even before my election. Uh, this is a, a fraudulent crime on the American people. But we'll work together with Shifty Shift and uh, Pelosi and all of them. <laughs> I had to laugh a little bit. Shifty Shift. His nicknames are legendary. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what's going to go down in history. My, my, my good friend Aaron Del Mar says, you know when you're a threat to Trump when he gives you a nickname. Yes, <laughs> yes. But he goes on to say, Trump, President Trump goes on to say this. And whistleblowers, which I have a lot of respect for whistleblowers, but only when they're real. His uh, report of the phone call was totally different than the fact but what got them was they never thought I was going to release the call. Because is, it, it, is he point on right there? He's right on. He's spot on. I, but I, I, I wish he would stay away from the whistleblower. I wish he would actually focus that energy towards the person who told the whistleblower. Because the whistleblower, this was secondhand knowledge. The person that actually gave that information to the whistleblower is the real traitor. Right. Why, what, in your opinion, is the reason why you don't think they're focusing on that person? Uh, they, they're trying to use him like for the final act. Yeah, that's what that's what they're trying to bring out now. The final act. Yeah. Well, I can't believe it. You know, I think the last thing that I wanted to play, Verlon, I, I really want to thank you for joining me I mean, today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I thought I thought we had a very lively discussion about the issues of the day. Um, you know, one of the things I did, I had a whole script. You do know I showed you the script. Yeah. We didn't follow all of that. Script. No. But 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 what I, what I want to lead us out on, I believe in freedom. And I believe that as Americans, we need to we need to go out and support those who also believe in freedom. Right. And if you've, you've listened to the Hong Kong protesters, I'm, I'm always I'm going to continue to play this. Uh, anything that they do, because I think this was a young William Wallace. And we leave the show. Thank you so much for joining us on AM 560. The answer black and right. Charles will, won't be with us again next week. But here you go. As we go out with the Hong Kong protesters demanding freedom. intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.